Welcome to Mind the Gap. We're your hosts, Kanisa and Talisha and Malika. And today we're going to be chatting about something that I think we all struggle with pretty equally in our own unique ways, which is the feeling of doubt. And um, we're going to get into what we're currently struggling with now. So I had a quiz um, that was due this past week and it called for like an extended answer. And one of the questions was, how would you answer the question, how could a loving God condemn those who have um, had no opportunity to respond to Christ? So someone who is maybe an unreached people group, they're not from America where Jesus's name is used in vain all the time. They've never heard it. And how would you be able to explain to them um, how God can be loving while still saying these people like are going to go to hell? And that just like really set in my heart. And then there was another thing that happened because I I find myself reading the Bible and struggling with that question a lot, just on my own and just being like, well, I know God is good and pushing it down. And I had another um, assignment where we had to do this reading and he, it was called Think by John Piper is the book that we were reading from. In the particular chapter, he was talking about what he means by thinking. And so he means, um, being thinking as in being able to read and specifically when it comes to reading the Bible. And so with that, he said, a part of us being able to think is asking questions. And some people will tell you like, you don't question God at all. You don't ask questions about the Bible. Like it's fine. As if the Bible is just this, not a holy book that you have to really dig deep into sometimes. And so he was talking about how you have to ask questions, but there are good questions and there's bad questions and good questions come from a humble place of wanting to understand versus a place of criticism and skepticism of God, especially if you already call yourself a Christian to still have that mindset of like, you're waiting to prove God wrong in your question. And so for me, I realized that when it comes to that previous topic of like, how can God be a loving God if he's condemning people who've never known Christ? When I have questions that pop up in my head about that, I realize they're not always good questions. Like sometimes they are bad questions and that's why I immediately shut them down. And I'm just like, no, I know God's good. And just feeling like it's the devil trying to put stuff in my head. But from reading that in John Piper's book and him saying, good questions and bad questions that come from our heart, I realized, okay, these aren't questions that like the devil's placing in my head. This is like heart matters that I'm not taking care of because I don't want to like disrespect God, but they need to be taken care of. So we have this. Can you give a, a specific example of a bad question and maybe a good question that maybe you specifically have had recently? Yeah. So um, let me just like try to dig into some topics. So, okay. Unreached people groups, right? There are unreached people groups who've never heard the name Jesus for generations. So that means there's generations of people who have grown old and died, never having the opportunity to know the name Jesus. And so me just battling with myself of like, what is the difference between me getting to know you and know your name and have a relationship with you and these people who never had the chance and probably might have wanted the chance. And so the good question in that would be that. And the bad question would be, how is God good if he's picking me over someone else unequally? 
unfairly. And so whenever that question or questions like that will pop up, I'm like, no, I know God is good and pushing it down, feeling like, okay, maybe it's an attack from the devil. But I feel like I recently realized, no, that's something from my heart because I feel like there's certain levels that I can't get, that I haven't been able to grow close with God. And so the past two days here on campus, we've had um, what we call day set apart. It's literally a whole day of like, no, we didn't have work. We didn't have school. And we just had devoted ourselves to God and glorifying him and praying for the nations and like all of that. And just giving the whole day to God and worshiping. And um, with that, like it was right after like those two assignments came up this past week. And so I just was praying like, God, if they're like, whatever is in my heart that is keeping me from you, that these questions are stemming from the heart matter behind these questions. I want you to bring it to the surface with you guiding me and how to grow out of that, because I don't want anything to keep me from having a growing in my relationship with you. And I'm always praying, God, soften my heart to you more. God, grow me closer to you. God, like, like, begging him for that all the time. And so realizing that these aren't just attacks from the devil, but they're things in my heart that are going on. I want them to be brought to the surface. And so that led me to go down this whole different, this whole conversation that had to do with like a few different, like theological terms and things like that, that kind of helped me, um, resolve that in my heart. And so I'm really grateful that God has brought me here to a safe place where I can ask these questions, even with the doubt in the question, because doubting is not the same as rejecting. And after a certain point, we shouldn't be doubting, but doubting is not the same as rejecting. And so we don't need to shame ourselves in those doubts. We just need to take care of it with the guidance of God so that we're not being led astray so that the devil then doesn't have that chance to come in at that point and be like, okay, let me confuse you. You know what I mean? And something I would say whenever you said doubting is not rejecting, like they are not the same thing. And I would also say like doubting is something that we naturally do as humans. I feel like it's built into us to want to know more about what we've heard about. And that's a good thing because if we only hear the name of Jesus Christ, we doubt that there it's as important as they say it is. And we want to know more and that stem, like it's a whole, you know, snow snowball effect. Um, but to me, like my, I was actually talking to my mom about this this week and she was saying that rejection is, um, a spirit, like a spirit of rejection that can land for lack of a better English word or term land on someone. Like, it's not like a bird necessarily landing on someone. And all of a sudden you are filled with a spirit of rejection, but, um, it, I mean, who knows, it could be like that, but All I'm saying is that I don't know anything, but I know just enough to say that I feel like rejection is a spirit that someone can have, but it isn't necessarily innate to the human nature. So like if you are getting to know God through reading your Bible, through praying and all praying is, is trying to talk to the God that you have characterized in your own head. So like people can pray to gods that aren't God. And that's just talking to a God that they have put in their own head and their own psychology that they've given him a character And God has been very clear on his character. The the main thing I know about God is God is love. Everything else, if I doubt it, it just stems me to want to be more educated on it in a way that reflects who I know God already is. So I need to know his character. I, you know, if I hear something like um, God is hate, I'm like, well, that's not, you might have a lot of experiences in your own life to back up that type of thinking, but that's not the, the, that's not the character of the God that is in the Bible. That's not the character of the God that I've seen 
in other people's lives working in my life. And that's not the character of the God that I worship because I've experienced him. So like everybody has a different experience, which might be what you're saying where like some people can see it and just some people can't. And that's the case for pretty much everything. Like some people are physically endowed with talents and gifts and are super tall and can jump really high or um, are some people have chronic illnesses that they were born with. Like everybody is built differently to see things differently. But the only thing that brings everybody together is having more education through what you can do and learning about Jesus himself through, I mean, the Bible says, what does it say? God, God allows himself to be seen, but, um, Jesus is it Jesus is the one that shows people God but they only he only shows them what he wants them to see so it's like it's like every everything has a specific set of checks and balances even in the spiritual realm so even we like we may not have you know we may not feel like we have total free will but at the end of the day we really do and that that boils down to how you want to think and if you want to choose doubt that will either lead you to skepticism or having more education on something that you have intentionally wanted to know more about. And that's the difference in my, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. That's the difference between a good and a bad question. Like God, I am, I know your character. And that's how I felt. Like the question was God's goodness and God, like if he's a loving God, God's goodness. And I'm like, God, I know you're a loving God, but this issue is something that's really pulling at my heart. So let me, let me like get this understanding of love in this way, but not in the sense of, aha, here's the area where you're not loving. Let me research so that I can have solid proof that you're not loving. That is the difference in a good question and a bad question. And so when my heart was bringing up these questions that could have potentially been bad, I just shut it down, shut it down because I know who my God is. But when I realized this is something that's actually like, keeping me from being close. It's just like when you're in a relationship with someone and you're like, no, I know that they're good, but that thing is still bothering you. Like you saw a text message, right? And you're like, no, I know he wouldn't cheat on me, but it's still bothering you. And you just won't talk to him about it. Cause you're like, no, I know he wouldn't cheat on me instead of being like, Hey, like I know who you are. And I know that you're like this, but I saw this text and it just won't stop bothering me. Can you just explain it to me? Like, I know that that's not what what was behind it. So can you explain what was behind it? Because I know you'll have a, a good explanation. That's a good question from God or to God versus being like, I saw this text. Ooh, like I knew it. My past situations, that person treated me like this. He, I knew one day he was going to just do this thing. And so when you take it to him, you're like, what's this text about? Who's this person? Why are you cheating on me? Before even letting him speak for himself, that is a bad question to God. You know what I mean? So like, it's just, it's your heart in the matter. Do you want this question to draw you closer to God? Or are you going to use this question as an excuse for why you can turn away from him? And you know, the crazy thing is that he built our brains to find whatever we look for. So like that solidifies our free will. Like if we go in and we're looking for God, God's mistakes, we're going to see things that we perceive as mistakes by God, because we haven't allowed ourselves to see anything outside of what we've decided to see. And that's literally God created your brain to choose whatever you want to see and you're going to find it. And if you want to find him, you're going to find him. If you don't want to find him, you're not going to find him. That's all up to you. And that literally like science proves that 
you can see it through neurological um, pathways. Like there are certain things that can be proved that your brain psychologically, neurologically is designed to look for only what you choose to look for. And if you have an open open enough mind to be like, basically to say, I don't know everything, then I feel like that is the only path that really leads to knowing God in the in the fullness that you're ever going to be able to know him, which is only a fraction of what he really is. So that, that's the mind blowing part of it. Yeah. It's like you go to a car dealership and you find this beautiful Jeep that you just never saw before. And you're like, wow, I don't know anyone with this Jeep. I want to get this Jeep. I'm going to come back later and get this Jeep. And on your way home, you see that Jeep everywhere. The people just go and buy that Jeep that day. No, it's just now you're like, you're, more aware of that jeep to see it it's the same thing with if you want to like be skeptical of god and look for all these things wrong and i also do want to say like there are some things that we won't have the answer for and so we need to learn with the guidance when we're asking questions we need to invite the holy spirit in to guide us in those questions because there are some things we just aren't going to get the answer for in this lifetime. We're not going to fully know God. We're not God's ourselves. We're not in his higher mindset. So there's things he reveals to us. There's things he reveals to us as individuals in our studies. There's things that he's revealed to other people to help people who might not like have that innate, like, like ability to just dive deeper. And so that's why we have theologians and like people who get those higher degrees and things like that. But we need to invite the Holy Spirit into all of that because there are some questions we just won't know the answer to and others won't know the answer to also. And so are we going to sit here and say, well, because you don't know the answer to that, that means that everything about God has to be wrong or he has to be this or he has to be that. Or is it just like, well, you know what? for some reason, God, you said that that wasn't important for me to know. And I'm just going to trust you in that. Like for me personally, since I've been a kid, I have always struggled with the idea of being in heaven and living forever. And I know that sounds crazy because like, when we think about this life, we don't want to die. Like, unless you're like in a depressive, sad state or like something is wrong, nobody truly does want to die. Even in that case, a lot of people don't truly want to die because we don't know what's after that. So for me thinking about like, I don't want to go to hell at all, (laughs) but thinking about like going to heaven and like, okay, we're going to worship. And then what are we going to (laughs) do like for all eternity? Like it's always been something that like literally as a kid, I would have anxiety attacks if I thought about going to heaven and living forever. And what does it truly mean to live forever? And the reason why I have anxiety about that is because I'm not God. I don't know what that looks like. My brain goes off of time and God's brain doesn't go off of time. So I'm thinking about me getting bored of being up there. And God's like, that's not even a thing. Like, you're not even going to be aware of how many years you're up there in the first place. And so over time, I had to get to a point of being like, okay, God, you know what is best. You know that the heaven that you made, that the, the, what we're going to have in the afterlife, you know, that it's literally perfect, that it's, everything we're going to want it to be. So even though I'm sitting here anxious about how long of time that will be, I know that you know, and I know that when I get up there, I'm never going to think about that. So for now, I'm going to put a pin in it and I'm going to trust you in this area and I'm not going to have anxiety from it. And so I've been able to like literally have peace in my heart from that. And so there's some questions that we just have to say, okay, God, like your way, 
like, you know, what's best. And in this particular area, I'm not going to have this. And when I get to heaven, please explain it to me. Like, since I've been a kid, I'll have questions of being like, God, I don't know why this is how it is. So remember this question. And when I get to heaven, can you answer it for me? And some of those questions are just heavenly questions that we have to let go of. We can't, we can't doubt God because we're not on his level to know the answers. I'm pretty sure some things, if we knew the answer of it, we probably would die because our brains just aren't capable of understanding it all. And that kind of plays into the um, trust factor. I feel like people who have never really had a physical representation of someone worthy of their trust, or they've never understood what real trust was, or they have never allowed themselves to feel that um, they have a heart. They, those people have a harder time even um, learning, learning things in general, but let alone learning about the God of the universe because of an element of learning about anything or growing in anything. The first element of it is faith, trust that what you're learning is even worth learning in the first place. So like someone, someone who doesn't know how to trust would be missing out on that whole extra aspect of knowing what you were talking about, where you go your car, car dealership scenario, where you keep seeing the same car over and over that, what that is called is your reticular activating system. I believe Um, it's the, the prefrontal cortex of your brain. I believe I'm not a neurological expert or anything, but I've done a lot of this research because the mind and and the body play a lot into how you experience the spiritual realm. And yeah. I grew up in the church, so I I see everything in that lens too. And I have been exposed to faith at a very early age. My parents have a lot of faith, but people who don't grow up in that area feel like that's that's not even a way that they he- have even learned how to think. So like when you're talking about, okay, God, I'll just let, let the Holy Spirit come in. I'll just let you take care of that if you haven't been exposed to that way of thinking, you wouldn't even know to give up your, your control of your human nature, which is your, your, um, your prefrontal cortex. Like you were given a brain to think these certain things, the way that you think them. And the only way you can experience God is if you pull yourself out of your designed human nature. And I feel like a lot of people don't even get that experience. Like they know about God. They've heard about God. They take Jesus's name in vain. Um, But those people don't even understand that the way that they were designed was built to be dependent on the God that designed them. But especially in American culture, everyone wants to be independent. And I even, I mean, I, if we're talking about independence, I have that problem to a fault quite literally fault. And I am just learning that the only way to get closer to God and, and allow, be allowed to have better understanding of how I'm supposed to live my life is to be completely dependent on him so that I don't have to rely on my own neurological pathways that will ultimately lead me in the wrong direction anyway. Yeah. It's with everything we have to take it to God. And so that's why like it's hard when you like for some people who are um raised in like religion or faith or even who have come to the faith afterwards and it's like no you don't question god don't question god don't question this don't question that and so being understanding that there are good questions and there are bad questions and if not asking a question is going to bring you far from him you ask it to him and if 
by the end, he says, there's not an answer you'll have on this side of heaven for that. You give that to him. But if you sit there and hold on to that or you push it down or whatever, and you aren't, if you can't be honest with anyone else, if you can't tell anyone else, God, I'm doubting about this or God, I'm questioning this, tell God because you telling him is opening up and letting him into that, letting him to give you understanding. Because I, I honestly believe that with the tree of like knowledge of good and evil and the, um, in the garden with Adam and Eve, I truly believe that God would have given them that knowledge at some point in time in his own timing and with his own guidance. And because they wanted it right then and there, they took that and they took it and didn't know like what to do with it. And so it caused all of these things. I really, truly think he would have gave the, us that knowledge, but we had to find it on our own. And so I think it's the same thing with so many things. Like not all knowledge is not good knowledge and all good knowledge is not good for you. If I was to say here and at tell this someone, time, exactly. If, if you never knew, if you didn't know anything about God and And with you saying like, you can be independent to a fault. If I was to sit here and tell you, um, you are sinful and your independence is something that you aren't supposed to have. Like if I was to just sit here and like say something to you in a sense of like, you're sinful. And if you don't turn away from your sins, you're going to die. And you're so independent that you keep yourself from God. And I just say it like that. You're going to be like, who are you? Like there's levels and there's steps to it and there's growing a relationship with God and there's telling you about God's goodness. And so like good knowledge taken out of God's timing can be detrimental. And so when it comes to us learning things and especially when it comes to God and his character and questioning, the first person we need to take that to is God, or we're going to be detrimental towards ourselves, towards our faith and our walk and our growth. And we're not giving permission for God to come in and give us understanding in that area. If we feel like we can only do it on our own, because he's not going to take away our free will. I feel like social media has changed the changed people's neurological pathways. If we must keep it kind of like, um, uh, like it, it, I think that we have gotten so used to thinking about things in a context of telling someone else about it, that we have gotten to the point where we forget that everything we hear needs to be taken, uh, either not taken, internalized, like we don't need to take everything in that we hear, but also things that we do internalize, we need to bring them to God before they ta- we take them to anything anyone else. And I f- fall short of that every single day. So like, that's something that I am working on probably for the rest of my life, but I have only been recently shown that that's a problem that I have where sometimes I'll be given, I'll be given some knowledge or like a revelation on something and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, my mind is blown. That's what's going on. And then I'll feel the need to post it on social media. I'm like, no, can you say that knowledge was for you to take and be better in your own walk and your own experience. And I also have um, only recently been kind of, introduced to seeing God's gentleness too, which I feel like a lot of people forget that he is a very gentle God. So like, that's where he is the God of grace. That's where when you first meet someone, the only thing connecting you horizontally to another person is grace. That's why you don't come and say what you're doing is wrong, even though maybe it is, you're not going to say, I've said that to people. That is something that I have done. And I felt so bad about it because afterwards I was like, I shouldn't have said that. And then that's when I started learning grace and God was very gentle in the way that he taught me that, even though I was very harsh with someone else and I didn't deserve that gentleness. 
but I feel like he is actually gentle to everyone in the fact that if you are still alive and you are still stuck in this life in time on earth, you have the opportunity to, um, to accept him into your life. And that is the grace in and of itself. The fact that you have warmth from the sun, that's, that's grace that you don't live in an environment that it, that isn't made for you. Like all of these things allow you to be alive and have the chance to come closer to him. And whether you choose to accept that or not, you know, we all have free will. And there's also so many nuances with that. But all I know is what I know, my experience, and I know that the fact that I know these things, just the fact that I know these things means means that I need to be sharing them, but only in a way that God leads me to do it. When you said um, God, like making us, like making a place that's for us, like earth is clearly made for humans. My first thought was like, God being like, all right, humans, here's Mars, do your best. <laughs> He's a good God. Like he sets everything up for our success and what keeps us from succeeding is ourselves. Like even more than people being like, like I, I used to be the one, cause I was always raised and was like, the devil's attacking you and the devil and this. And, and I think spiritual warfare is everywhere. Like, don't get me wrong, but the devil is not God. He's not omnipresent. He is not everywhere at, at all times. So every time that when you know, that you literally yelled at someone at your job and got fired. The devil was not working against you. You were working against yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I feel like we have to be aware of our own nature too. And like take responsibility for ourselves and like, just, and be aware that like God wants us to like, he wants to work everything out for us. Even our own mistakes that we do against us, he'll still like, turn them around for our good especially when we come to him when we say like hey god i'm in this pickle and i can't get out of it can you get me out of it and god is like absolutely like i never wanted you in it in the first place and i'm so out of it that's his kindness and that's his grace and his gentleness and like he's done that for me so many times oh my gosh like (laughs) thank you jesus i would I would also say that there is a little nuanced component to all of that with our physical existence. Like even right now, Malika isn't feeling very well. So she's having a hard time putting together her thoughts and and she's dealing with fear that's coming out of nowhere. And, And not to say that can't be something entirely different, but I do know that she physically does not feel well. Yeah. And and that, I mean, when you physically don't feel well, you can't think straight. Therefore, it's it's hard to have the strength in anything, including your faith. So it makes sense that you would feel the emotion of fear when we are talking about the God of the universe and you don't feel well. And it, it, like all of those things combined where someone who doesn't feel well or isn't, um, um, isn't is actively not taking care of themselves. I feel like they can put themselves further away from, from the version of them that they were designed to be in the first place, which keeps them from knowing the God that created that version of them. That was, that was designed and made to be a certain way when they have chosen to take care of their body in a different way and make different oh, decisions. Yeah. My head used to be like, I used to say all the time, like my, I just feel like my head is cloudy and I mean not to anyone but that's how I would feel and like talk to myself like gosh why is my head so cloudy and when I started like eating healthy and drinking more water and doing all those things and doing research that literally tells you that most of the energy that you put in 
your body from food goes directly to your brain and is for your brain. And so then I would have the mindset of like, I need to eat healthy because I need to power my brain because I need to grow closer to God. And if my brain is cloudy, I can't even have that that sort of knowledge like being surpassed through me. And so health is such a big part of all of that. And I don't have any scriptures right now. I wish that I would have like known that we would get here, but I definitely think being a good sort of your mind, which also means being a good sort of the body that gives your mind energy is like so important in anything that we're going to do and in growing in knowledge of God and growing in relationship with him. Absolutely. And sometimes that like right now, I know that people can be, um, in situations where they're almost in bondage in a way to where they can't take care of themselves the way they should. Like in corporate America, if you're sitting at a, at a desk for 30 years and then you are given a pension package that doesn't even last two years or whatever the case is, like you spend your whole life sitting at a desk and you get to the end of it thinking that you're doing all this good stuff. And you're like, what have I done? I haven't even taken care of myself, my body, all these things just to get a paycheck to take care of my family that now doesn't even speak to me. And that's the worst case scenario. But I mean, like, there are situations where you can literally be in a circumstance where you cannot take care of your body the way you were designed to because of other things, other factors, other choosing to a paycheck over the way you take care of yourself is also a choice or not choosing to leave a job when you have the opportunity so that you can continue to be so that you don't have to take a pay cut would be a choice. And that leads you down another road. And I feel like all those little things day to day, anything can be broken down into this very moment, this present moment. Like what am I doing for my physical, emotional, neurological, spiritual health in all of these ways? Have I set up my time? Have I set up my environment in a way that reflects who I want to be? Do I remind myself of that every day? Do I reinforce that by making physical decisions and taking like actual actions to reinforce who I want to be in every day? Or am I just succumbing to what is around me in my environment and trying not to step out of that? And I feel like the hardest decision we ever make is stepping outside of the cycle that we were born into and there that making that decision in that, in that moment is the one that leads you to understanding God and who you were designed to be in, in the first place. That, that just is a whole domino effect to a completely new life as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, when you think like everybody has a worldview, even if we don't actively think to be able to say, this is my worldview, <laughs> like yeah. we all have And so when we present things like the gospel or the food that you eat is meat actually isn't the best way to get protein. It's a way it might not be the best way, like, like teaching little things like that. For some people, it's a part of their worldview because culture is a part of worldview. And then it's like, you are completely taking the ground under someone. And so if you're going to do that, you need to replace it. If I'm going to tell you that the best way to get your protein isn't from meat, I need to also tell you that chickpeas is a good way to get it from. Right. Or not. And then you have to go back to the scripture saying that um, even though it's not necessarily in the context of your physical diet, that God has never made any, God has not what is the scripture? He's talking to uh, Paul, I think, or or Peter. Um, it, it's in the New Testament. I can't remember exactly where, but he basically comes down with a sheet of animals and he's like, don't call anything I made unclean. So basically he's saying like anybody who, there's another part of scripture that says like, if, if, if you want to reach someone, be 
who they need you to be in the moment so that they don't feel like they have to be someone that they're not in that moment. So like that opens me up to, it opens me up to eat meat. It opens me up to be a vegan around my vegan friends. It opens me up to eat the way someone in another culture would if, if that makes them feel more comfortable. And that does, I mean, yes, what goes into my body is going to reflect who I am and how I take care of myself. And it's going to affect me one way or another, but I can eat anything. And as long as it's at the end is, is um, my intention is to glorify God. I will not be, I will not be penalized for that. So that kind of is the freedom that opens up like, yes, take care of your body, do the best you can. But at the end of the day, everything you do is for the glory of your God. And he has created everything he has deemed, he has deemed nothing that he's made unclean to, to, to eat. And in that role, that was like basically you seeing another person, right? So like, you can't say someone doesn't deserve to hear the gospel over another person, no one that he's made or has been unclean, but it still breaks down into how you eat. Yes. Take care of your body. Yes. Try to make educated decisions. But at the end of the day, if you're eating for your own ego over what God wants you to do, it doesn't matter how healthy you are. You're not going to be who you were made to be. Yeah. Everything is a heart matter. And so mm-hmm. if like, the, if you, if you're on like such a poor diet that the best that you can do is decide to get the chicken wrap from McDonald's and not a hamburger, God is going to honor that. And God is going to like, he's going to have grace in that. And it's a heart matter behind it. And everyone starts somewhere, you know, you can't like, you can't just pick everything up and all of a sudden I'm going to do all these new things with my, my life, my habits. Like God knows that he starts, he knows where you are. All you have to do is you can literally go into a room by yourself and be like, God, where am I? Show me where I am and show me what my next step can be. And that's literally all you have to say to and intentionally direct it towards the God that you believe in, the God of the universe that created you, and he will show you what your next step is. And that can be as simple as your next meal, if you want it to. Anything you want to ask, just ask. Yeah, the Bible said nothing is too big or small for God. So if it's literally like, God, what should I eat today that's going to give me the best energy for my body? Like, he is more than happy to be like, this mm-hmm. is it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? God, what should I read today? Or God, like, should I go on a walk or should I lay in bed? Is it like, which one is better? And God's saying, this is the day you can lay in bed. Like, honestly, yeah. it's like, what's your heart in, in, in anything? Is your heart to glorify God or is your heart to glorify yourself? Is your heart to be able to help others or is your heart to see how others can help you? Like, is your heart to be like, well, like to be lazy in your healthy eating or is it like this is genuinely all I can do and this is the best that I'm doing and I wish I could do better but this is it God is gonna like meet you in any of those areas Mm -hmm. thank you for joining us in this conversation we have had so much fun talking about all of these things and we get to experience each other in our friendship and we're so happy you're here too we hope to see you next Wednesday and in the meantime God bless